Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Well, we have a very special guest. It's my dear friend, Grace Young. And today she is put to the test because she is going, she is the walk therapist and we're gonna make her answer our questions, mostly my questions about the walk. Hi, Grace. Hello, Denise. I'm so glad to see you again. Now, Grace has been a guest before. Grace did a video called The Walk Therapist that came directly out of her life, her secret life, as she calls it, because so many people ask her so many questions about cooking with a walk. And Grace, I would just love you to tell people some of your tips. I am so lucky. I've heard them before. And every time I get to hear tips from you, Grace, I feel more confident and I learn something. So I cannot thank you enough for that. So tell us about the walk, the history of the walk, your walk, your family. So my family actually always used a Farberware skillet because Good. when I was a little girl, they had a General Electric electric stove and a walk didn't work on it. And so from the time I was a child, I would see walks in stores in Chinatown and I was just drawn to it. I was really fascinated and I wanted to know how to use a walk. By the time I was in college, I bought my first walk and I just used a Chinese cookbook in English and followed the instructions for how to season it. And most cookbooks had about two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't give you much information. And it was always just scrub the walk, dry it, heat the walk, smear oil all over the walk, and then heat it again which always left you with a room that was really scary smoky and a sticky walk. And, and so I had this mess on my hands and I tried to clean off that sticky gummy glue that was almost on the walk and couldn't get it off with soap and water. I remember I tried for like a few, a few weeks and it was getting rusty. I was getting really nervous and I threw it away. And I think like a few months later, I bought another walk. I tried it again. Same awful mess. And so that's why I can totally relate to the fact that people are very intimidated by trying this new pan. Because in general, with American cookware, you don't have to do anything except for with a cast iron skillet. That's right. So finally, I think in my late 20s, I go into Chinatown in Manhattan, and I, I'm determined that I'm going to buy a walk. And I go into this uh, uh, cookware store and I buy this beautiful flat bottom carbon steel walk with the long wood handle and the helper handle, which is Americanized. You God. want it to be flat bottom so that it sits closer to the heat and you want the wood handle so that typically uh, Chinese walks have metal handles. So you need pot holders and you don't want that extra second that you have to reach for something to grab the walk. As I'm leaving the store, I say to the clerk, how do you season it? And she looks at me, and I'm really not expecting much of an answer. She <laughs> says, Chinese chives. You just stir fry Chinese chives. I said, what? She said, yeah, you just wash it, clean it, dry it, and then heat the wok, add a high smoking point oil, a few tablespoons, and then you add Chinese chives that have been like chopped into two inch pieces. So she says, it's so simple. So I go to the produce store 
you know, outdoor market. I don't even have to go inside. Before I even open up my mouth, the produce vendor is a psychic and he says, Chinese chives? But I said, how do you know? And he says, because you have a walk. I see the handle. So it was like this insider tip. Like all these years I've been struggling. I've been dealing with this stupid instruction from the Chinese cookbooks that all said you have to smear it with oil and heat the wok. I go home, wash the wok with soapy water. You, you have to remove all the factory coating on the yes, wok. Yes, yes. Put yes. some sort of coating to prevent it from rusting between the time it leaves the factory and arrives in your home. And then you dry it on the stove on low heat until all the water is evaporated. And then I added oil. And whenever you stir fry, you always stir fry in high heat. But when you're seasoning a wok, you stir fry on medium heat because this is a very zen experience. You just stand there for 20 or 30 minutes and you can stir fry either Chinese chives. If you don't have them, you could use a bunch of scallions and a half a cup of sliced ginger. And if you don't have scallions and ginger, you could just take a yellow onion and slice it up. All three of them, Chinese chives, uh, scallions, and onions, have sulfides in the onion family, and that's what cleans the metal of the uh, the metal of the wok. And so now you have it on medium heat, and you're just stir frying. If after 10 or 15 minutes you don't see much oil left in the wok, add another tablespoon or two, because what is happening is the heat is opening up the pores of the metal and you are actually coating the pores of the carbon steel metal with oil and sealing it so that it won't rust in the future. Wow. And you're also cleaning it. At the end, your, your wok, if you smell it, will smell of Chinese chives or scallions and ginger or onions. And so it's a very zen experience. I call it wok bonding time. <sighs> And of when you walk, yes, walk bonding time, um, Tane Chan, who owns the walk shop in San Francisco's Chinatown, which has been in existence for 52 years, used to offer to season walks for people. And she wow. charged $5. <gasps> but she always said, I really don't want to do it because it's important walk bonding time that you do it. Yes. And then I, I just want to say that when you initially heat the wok, it can turn blue, it can turn orange. This is the metal, yellow. Sometimes it goes black. Sometimes it doesn't change. So here's a little wok therapy. Woks are like us. They're all different. They're all unique. So you just don't know what's going to happen. But generally, it will look like a mess. It will look like you made a mistake because it will look splotchy or as I said, blue or black, but you just have to like keep on stir frying your mixture, whether it's the chives, scallions, ginger, onions. And this is just a time to be with your walk. And after the 30 minute period, this is on medium heat, you remove the mixture, cool the walk, and then you wash it with hot water use a scotch bright sponge, you know, the yellow side, yes. and then rinse it in hot water, put it on the stove, and dry it on low heat for a minute until there's no water at all. And that's a seasoned walk, and you're ready to go. Very <gasps> Grace, that is probably 
a $500 value for <laughs> walk that you I, just gave me. I need to have you as my agent. I, well, <laughs> I think we've established that, haven't we? Yeah. I think it's just signing the contracts. Now, let me tell you this. I made every single mistake you've ever talked about with, <laughs> with walks. I, did, I wondered why the color changed. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, there were so many things. I also want you to know, and if people especially since San Francisco, when this is all done, when the co when we have vaccines and people are traveling again, to go to the, the uh, walk shop on Grant in Chinatown that you were talking about, your friend, is just incredible. And it's really, really fun. And she's a big character. And I need you to know, I draw your name like a Hollywood harlot every time in there. I go, oh, yes, I'm friends with Grace Young. And I think the last time I did it, she kind of brushed me off like, you bother me, kid. You really bother me. But you can see Grace's books are for sale, and it's an it's a dying breed that kind of shop. That's what's why it's so important. Yeah, it's and very special. Very special. Now, what do so people buy their walk? Now they know how to season it because I have made every mistake that you you have talked about. How do they start cooking in it? Oh, we should we should wind back the clock a little we, bit before I taught teach you how to season i should have told you what kind of walk you need oh do that <laughs> Fine. well that's okay tell us now um so we've talked about the walk shop it is the best source in america okay and throughout covid tan chan the owner is going to be 82 in august she has been going into the store seven days a week she's reduced the hours so if you're in san francisco you could go from 12 to 5 but you can order a, a walk also online, which is fantastic. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. So the walk that I recommend for most people who have just a normal stove is a 14 inch flat bottom carbon steel walk with a long wood handle and a short wood helper handle. And as I said, traditional walks are always metal, but that means it's hot. You've got to grab pot holders. And when you're stir frying, you're working very quickly and you need to like sometimes take the walk off the heat if it's a gas stove. And I don't wanna like have to grab pot holders. And the reason why you want flat bottom is a round bottom walk needs a walk ring to stabilize it. Otherwise, when you're deep fat frying, if it just tips a little bit, you could have a really ugly scene. So you need to have flat bottom so it sits closer to the heat and can get as hot as possible. Um, if you have a semi-professional stove, like a Wolf, a, um, a Viking, whatever, Blue Star, then you could use a round bottom walk because you'll still need a walk ring to stabilize it. But even if it sits farther from the heat, there's so much heat that it's gonna get plenty hot. Um, and there are choices between carbon steel and cast iron. Most people go for carbon steel but the traditional Cantonese wok is cast iron, and it's a lighter weight than American loge, which is so heavy and thick. This I is never thin. knew that. It's thin cast iron, and it's so thin that if you took the wok and just hit it a little too hard against your kitchen counter, it would shatter. So it heats faster, but it still heats slower than carbon steel. And then like, Unlike carbon steel, it really holds the heat, so it's really yeah. good for braising. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, I so now. I never knew that. I yeah. never knew that, Grace. Thank you. 
And if you have induction or ceramic glass top, you can use flat bottom carbon steel, but sometimes the carbon steel warps ever so slightly and so the contact isn't perfect, in which case you might want to get a cast iron flat bottom wok. But all those issues, Tan Chan uh, can work out with you. Gotcha. And she's wonderful. And as I said, I think, did I say it? It's only $30, I think, for a yes. carbon steel wok. Yes. So, and it's a bargain because it will last you more than your lifetime. And how many woks do you own, Grace? I am not at liberty to discuss. <laughs> I'm on a witness protection program right now because if my husband ever saw this in print, um, it might be the end of the relationship. <laughs> I have walks in the oven. I have walks under my desk, in kitchen cabinets, under my bed, and also there's a cabinet. I don't think my husband's even aware of it. Up top where I have a huge stack of walks. I haven't seen a walk that I could resist. Everyone has a story. You know, this one I found in Shanghai, it's, you know, hand pounded. This one was given to me by my friend who went to a special walk store in China. This one was, you know, I, I just, I'm the Imelda Marcos of walks. Let me tell you, this makes perfect sense to me, okay? I get it. And I also think that when you cook, there are different pans for different moods. There, it's like you need different knives. You know, I, I, have, uh, I have absolutely, I can understand that, Grace. I just do. And we don't want your husband, we don't want to put that in print. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> you don't want, you, we don't want a lot of things in print, Denise. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, sister? Now, let me tell you this. Grace and I did not know that we had both gone back to Shanghai. And we, now we'd have to figure out the exact dates. I was there, Grace, with my girlfriend because she had gotten ill and her husband was teaching at the local university. And I need you to know the only thing the kitchen, the kitchen was the size of a closet. We had a beautiful apartment that the government was providing and I was their guest. But the kitchen was a wok and a toaster oven. And I am not exaggerating. The hard part was not that. I, I, I wasn't very good at it. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't very good at stir frying. But at least, you know, I was trying. I think when I look back, I always put too much oil in the pan, too. Do you know what I mean? So I, but, I, but I was feeding everyone. The hard part was the shopping. I didn't know what any of the little jars of stuff were. The marketplaces, this is in the 86, 87, or 88. I'd have to look back. Grace, they had, it was the market started for 10 minutes. People, the farmers brought the stuff in, killed the animals, and left. Do you know what I mean? And I had, did not know what an, what an American princess I was until I was in that market. And I would say on the second day to Nancy, my girlfriend, she would feel good and come with me. I'd say, don't point to anything because they'll kill it. Okay. <laughs> Don't say chicken or pork or anything. They'll kill it in front of you. Now, I learned so many things from our next door neighbor, Mrs. Wu, who must have thought I was, she took pity on me that I was the most incompetent child in the world. And our neighbors were Canadian. So, but I found a salami, Grace, in China. A salami. I know a salami, okay? And I would dice it up, and no matter what I was trying to stir fry, I'd throw a little 
because I, I figured it would season it and it was recognizable to me. And all I want you to know is no matter what I've served, didn't matter. They, the Italian, my, my Canadian neighbors thought it was Italian food. The Americans thought it was Chinese food and Mrs. Wu thought it was American food. I mean, it was just hysterical. She took pity on me. She was so kind to me. I learned a lot from her. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I, I, I think that that's the, you know, I love that what's happened in food and especially with different, with, with the internet and videos is that people now go, I mean, I, people go into Chinese markets all the time now and find the most beautiful vegetables, fresh vegetables that they never even knew existed or thought were exotic. And they've been sitting in Chinatown marketplaces for 50 years. I know. I know everyone is so sophisticated now. We know so yes. much. Yeah. And people are making really authentic food. They're Beautiful really food. Yeah. Now, Grace, what, where did you get the inspiration to write your cookbooks? In one of your cookbooks, what's the third one called? Stir frying to the sky's edge. So um, the reason I wrote stir frying to the sky's edge is because there are so many bad stir fry recipes. Yes in newspapers, magazines, cookbooks, on the internet, no wonder people fail. And there's some basics. And so I just wanted to put together a book that had all the tips. Yes. So it starts with the right pan. You have to have 14 inch flat bottom carbon steel wok. Some people want to get a 16 inch. It's too big, it won't get hot enough. See, some people say, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm only one person. I'm going to use a 10 inch or 12 inch wok too small it's going to crowd the food okay. so 14 inch okay. oil has to be high smoking point which is traditionally peanut but it could be grapeseed avocado rice bran canola safflower you never want to uh, stir fry with olive oil no. it has a low smoking point you never want to stir fry with sesame oil People think, oh, I have Asian sesame oil. I'm going to make a stir fry. It has a low smoking point. The moment you add it, it's going to smoke wildly, which means you've destroyed the oil. Yes, and it burns. It literally burns, isn't it? Yeah. Grace, when, so something you just said. So you, see, this is what I think too. In my first forays into a walk, I, there was a little instruction packet with it. I, I, I told you at one time, it costs like $2 at cost plus. I thought, you know. And it had that film that you spoke about. And I'm probably, you know, that there was like a coating on it because to keep it from rusting. So everything you've said today, I've experienced. So your book, you did it to, to, to counteract all the bad information out there. Yeah. And I've seen so many recipes from very reputable sources that call for two pounds of chicken or two pounds of beef. And there is no way you could stir fry that amount of meat protein because if you put two pounds of chicken into a wok, you know, cut into bite-sized pieces, um, you just take down the temperature of the wok and it won't brown. And you're just going to get this soggy braise. Yes. If you put one, I say you could put one pound of chicken, one pound of shrimp, one pound pork, scallops, um, but for whatever reason, you can never put more than 12 ounces of beef. I've tried 13 ounces of beef. So and what happens is the beef goes gray and foamy. Yes. Just like when you try to brown beef for a stew. If you, put, if you crowd the beef in there, even if you start to take out some of the beef, 
you cannot bring it back and get it to brown. It is already in this weird blanching boiled zone and it's awful. So never more than 12 ounces of beef. So one of the big tips is limit the amount of food that you put into a wok for a stir fry. It's better to make two of the same recipe than one big recipe because one big recipe is just going to be a mess. I See, and this plays into exactly what you said, Grace, about the zen of it. Do you know what I mean? The zen of cooking. And I uh, see Grace and I have also had... and. And I want you to tell me other things I can do with the walk. But Grace and I had a discussion one day on Facebook. Everybody bought an Instapot. And God bless <laughs> Oh, my God. The amount of money the Instapot has put into our economy in cookbooks. Look at, look at one of their 500 Instapot cookbooks. Okay. And now they're in foreign. They're in, it's just amazing. Grace, I bought an Instapot for one month. I bought it because I love pressure cookers. So when it first came out, and I've done a lot of pressure cooker infomercials where I helped develop cheesecakes, all the stuff that you could cook in a pressure cooker. And my husband, this is years ago, would say to me, they should build one of these digitally so people can just set the thing and you don't have to worry about it. Okay, so enters the Instapot. I bought it for one month. It's huge. It takes up your entire counter space if you have minimal counter space. I cooked a brisket. And I cooked some artichokes. Now, the artichokes were quicker. The brisket was quicker. But I missed the smell of the brisket in my oven. I missed tending my brisket. <laughs> I missed all of it. And so I, I gave it away to a dear friend came over. Cindy was there. And I, don't, I said, I used it twice. Here's the cookbook. The box was still there. I said, you know what? I don't need to cook my food this quick. And she was thrilled and she went on to use it. But you said almost the identical thing one day on Facebook or when I just said, I don't need to cook my food that fast. See, if you, and that's the, that's the, the joy of the small batch or deep fat frying or anything to not crowd your pan, to really enjoy the process of cooking the food. And but take, but a, a stir fry will be super fast. Oh. Some, some stir fries are three minutes. That's right. And no, once you get it prepped, it's gorgeous and it's hot and it's delicious and it's fresh. I think all I know is Grace, I really enjoy the process of cooking. Do you know what I mean? I like the cooking. Mm -hmm. And when I said I gave my Instapot away, you said, I don't want to cook that fast either. <laughs> I'm with you, girlfriend. I'm telling you. Now tell me what else I can do with my walk. Oh, so if you go on YouTube, I wrote a book called The Breath of a Walk, but I also did a video called The Breath of a Walk, and that shows you like 15, 16, 17 different things that you can make with a walk. Because so many people say to me, oh, it's a stir fry pan, but it's so much more. Yes. You can pan fry, deep fat fry, braise, steam, boil, poach. You can smoke with a walk, roast. You could roast a chicken, roast or a vegetables. Duck. Yeah. A duck. You can smoke duck. Um, so it shows you steaming dumplings, deep fat frying spring rolls, pan frying a steak, popping corn. It just shows you the whole range. And it's really, it's one of the most exciting cooking tools. It's probably the oldest cooking tool and the hippest. Now, that's what I was going to ask you, Grace. In the history of the world, I mean, when they find vessels in old civilization, the wok has got to be one of the first cooking pots that was ever developed, don't you think? I yes. mean, I, 
guessing that. I'm not a... So there's evidence of the walk from the Han Dynasty. <gasps> See, this is extraordinary. I know, I know. And um, what's old is new. That's right. There's wisdom in the old ways. And uh, it's fuel efficient. It's minimal. You don't need, you know, every cookware company wants you to believe that you need a 12 or 15 piece set. Yes. No, you no. need one wok. Yes. I can fry my egg in there. I can pan fry. I can cook bacon in there. I can, you know, saute chicken breasts or I can make a stir fry. Yes. Isn't it funny, Grace? It, the world, it's, it's everything to me is like that. When new cookbooks have come out about, use everything up in your kitchen. Don't, no waste, don't throw anything away. I grew up with that my whole life. Do you know what I mean? And as I, I mean, you just, my husband sometimes says to me, what is this? Meaning when I've just taken a little bit of something and diced it up and put it in some tomato sauce, because I'm Italian, so everything ends up in tomato sauce with mushrooms. And I'll say to him, uh, it's just, it's like an Italian stir fry, but it's, I used up the things and turned into a sauce and then I put it over something. It can be eggplant, it can be pasta, but I was raised that way. And I know you were too, where you didn't waste any food. Right. right. So now that it's all of a sudden you went, oh, and we should be doing this. I feel like saying my grandmother did that. When we had the big scandal recently in the news about the moldy jam, I don't want to get into it, I'm sure you read about it, but the young lady in her restaurant, before that she had been getting, making avocado toast. And she got $14 for avocado toast in her restaurant. And when I first, and it was all PR and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, everybody, when I got that, I kept saying culinary repar reparations, my mother gave me avocado toast in 1955. Did they steal her recipe? I would say to people, it was sourdough bread. She rubbed it with a little garlic. She smashed the avocado in it. So my family has been ripped off, Grace. That's all I'm telling you. But when I hear all of these things today, old is new and it's hip, as you just said. It's yeah. what it's, it comes around and comes around and comes around. I think that smart ideas, though, never get out of style. That's what I think. Good and you've got to get a walk. Oh, it's a yeah. it's a fun way to cook. Yes. And it's a cool thing to be a part of a long tradition. Thank you so much for your time today. And it I'm sure you feel like you had to do things twice because I <laughs> <laughs> No, because this has been the most fun work could be. Oh, this I wish every day of work was just talking to you. Oh, this has been so you. much. Well, we're going to see each other again sometime soon when this is things are a little more back to the way we were used to. Uh, all the grace information will be on our website, womenbeyondacertainage.com. And I can't thank you enough, Grace. And I look forward to when you and I get to go out to lunch in New York. You've got a date, honey. All right, Don. Walk on. Walk on. Walk on. <laughs> you are going to get tired of me here, hearing me say that from now on. Thank you, Miss Cindy. Thank you, Grace. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.